0: thanks for tuning in to jr's hunt for life suicide prevention podcast safe talk with jenny hunter and billy floyd where there are no judgments and talk saves lives
1: greetings everyone and thank you so much for joining us for yet another episode of safe talk we have reached episode number five my name is billy floyd And I'm joined by, of course, Jenny Hunter. Jenny, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing a bit sad today, Billy. Our community sadly lost a member of our police force today to suicide. So many of us are grieving, trying to work through this. And I'm so glad that we can talk tonight so that we can talk more about Jr's Hunt for Life and how it saves lives.
1: The news out of Casper is beyond tragic. I can't even imagine how the whole community feels right now. I know you're going through a lot. I know that we are all dealing with our own versions of pain throughout any type of journey we're going on right now during this life. But I am very grateful today because we do get to talk more about JR's Hunt for Life, and Jenny, it was a blast learning from you all those times at K2 on our morning show, and now four episodes deep during our Safe Talk discussions, but one thing we've really never talked about, which is what we're going to talk about right now on episode five, is the birth of JR's Hunt for Life all the details in regards to Jr's Hunt for Life. There's so much to tap into. And obviously, I'm going to let you take the lead. And my first question will really be, Jenny, when did Jr's Hunt for Life come alive? When did it start? Tell me about the backstory a little bit.
2: Well, Billy, as in our last episode, I was talking about the tattoos that we paid for for people the semicolon tattoo the first month after our loss and what the semicolon means is your story continues it's suicide prevention and awareness tattoo all over the world and as I described I had gotten one on the palm of my hand the fleshy part of my hand and I had JR's cremains mixed with the ink, and to this day, I have a wonderful dark tattoo still there. Let me go a little further into that. So I got the tattoo so that we could start the conversation wherever I was. I was hoping that people would ask me, what is that? What does that mean? It was my way of trying to break the stigma and let people know that they can talk to me safely with no judgment. So, the first month after I had gotten a tattoo, I went into a gas station to pay for some gasoline. And I paid them, and the tattoo was on my hand, and I was giving them cash money, and there was a young lady and a young man working there. And the girl saw my hand and asked me, what is that? And the boy then looked at it, and they both wanted to know what it was, so... I started to tell them about the semicolon tattoo, suicide awareness and prevention, how your life continues, and they asked me why I had it, and I told them about JR and immediately the girl told me that she had attempted at one point and the boy talked about how depressed he had been feeling and it was like magic. It started the conversation exactly what I wanted it to do. And so as time went on, I understood that the reason these people would talk to you is they knew by seeing the tattoo that you were a safe person, that they could talk to you safely. Otherwise, they would never have opened up or said a word to me. And I wanted to do more. I wanted to help more people. I wanted to continue on this. So as time went on into February of 2016, we lost JR in June of 2015. So I was outside walking, and that was my safe place. Being outdoors is my where I go find my soul. It's my comforting place. I love outdoors, as I said before. And I was thinking, what can I do? What can I do to help more people? I was getting to the point where the tattoo was not enough for me. I needed more. I found great soul and great healing when I helped other people when they saw that tattoo. I felt like JR was working, saving lives. And as I was walking... I don't really know what happened. I felt like my creator just dumped this into my heart and said, JR's Hunt for Life. And that was the only thing I got, JR's Hunt for Life. Okay, what, what does that mean? What is that? And as I thought more about it, I thought, well, okay, that's the name of something. It's the name of something. What am I going to do with this name? and it wasn't just jr's hunt for life it was jr's hunt semicolon for life so it incorporated the semicolon tattoo and there was more to this sentence jr's hunt semicolon for life and i continued to think about that for a while and i kept asking wherever this name came from what am i supposed to do with this where am i to go with this And I heard the word Facebook. Well, I had never used Facebook. I barely had just learned how to use an iPhone. (laughs) This was um, six years ago. So I had never used a smartphone. I still had a flip phone. I thought to myself, I've never done technology. I don't know what this means, but I'm going to research it. I'm going to find out what this means. So I got my first iPhone, and my granddaughter taught me how to use it. She was very young, (laughs) and she taught me how to use that. And then she taught me about Facebook, and to my surprise, it was fairly simple. However, there were a lot of people that didn't like Facebook. They didn't trust Facebook, and I thought, how am I going to do this in a public forum? I want people to talk. It can't be in a public forum. It has to be more confidential, and it has to be a safe place. So I began to think about that, and how was I going to do that? In the meantime, guess what I did? I decided to design a rubber bracelet. I designed the rubber bracelet. On one side, it says JR's Hunt semicolon for life. And on the back, on the other side, it's all on the outside of the bracelet, It says, stop suicide in big, bold letters. Once I designed the bracelet, I initially wanted to do it just in camouflage or black because we're hunters and Jarrah was a hunter and camouflage was our color. Where am I going to have someone make these and how much is it going to cost? Because this was all on our dime. I hope this works. This will enlarge the audience and hopefully reduce the stigma in a larger fashion and save lives. And all of these things, I checked out some manufacturers of these rubber bracelets and found a company that to this day I'm still using. They are awesome. And I ordered a few rubber bracelets. And then I thought, how am I going to distribute these? What am I going to do? Now, mind you, I work full time. I have things that I do, and I was saturated to the point of exhaustion trying to find peace with our loss and do what I knew my heart was telling me to do. So I put some bracelets out in that same gas station where I had talked to those young people. They let me put them on their counter, and they were gone immediately gone immediately. So I had more made, and I went around town and asked other businesses if I could leave them on their counters, and they're for free for the public. And every single person accommodated that. Every single business allowed me to put those bracelets on their counter for free. You're not going to believe this, but very soon I was ordering thousands of bracelets. Anyone that wanted a bracelet, they got it for free. Anyone that wanted a bunch of bracelets, they got them for free. People were handing them out. They were taking handfuls and handing them out. They were asking for a lot, and teachers were giving them to their classroom. Counselors were handing them out in their offices. To me, it was a whirlwind. And by that time, I had thought more about the Facebook and decided, okay, I'm going to start this. And I researched it, and I started a confidential Facebook support page called JR's Hunt for Life, and it's about suicide prevention and awareness. It is for anyone and everyone that may be at risk, that may know of someone that's at risk, that may have lost someone to suicide. It is multifaceted. And when I started this page, I just put it on Facebook and did not know what to expect, absolutely had no idea what to expect. And I would put on pictures and little sayings that might encourage people to respond and talk. And when the first few people started posting and responding, I was thrilled. I truly, my heart was leaping. I thought I'm going to be able to help a lot of people. You know, Facebook isn't just a tool that businesses use and people use for their gossip and things like that. Facebook was being used to help people. And very soon, we had 18,000 global members.
1: You know, it's amazing how... You can't attain that level of viewership and impact without starting. You took it upon yourself to start this initiative. You got the bands. I actually have mine with me right now, full-on rainbow. It has the little Facebook symbol, JR's Hunt for Life. It looks fantastic. I know you have every single possible color, and this is (laughs) – it really taught you how to use social media. It helped you grow a little bit. And social media really helps you spread any message you could possibly want. And you have no idea, not a clue, who it can touch. It could touch someone right in that Casper community. It could touch someone all the way out in Buffalo, Wyoming. Or it could teach someone in Colorado or New York or Texas. It can really hit anywhere anybody who scrolls anybody who gets it sent to them in their inbox and you just don't know whose life you could change i know you talked about what went down at the gas station people you've impacted but do you have any specific stories or any heartfelt messages in particular that you've gotten received i know that you've probably got so many over the years, but what are some noteworthy moments or really special highlights since you started JR's Hunt for Life in terms of inspiring, impacting, and obviously saving lives?
2: Well, let me start with the bracelets. I put a bunch on my arm, and I took a picture, and I put the picture on our Facebook page. And within probably three months, Billy I was mailing out globally 5,000 more than 5,000 bracelets a month for free all over the world anybody that wanted some I would send them and pretty soon people were asking for many enough for a high school they wanted their high school colors in the bracelets and I would facilitate that I have sent them in fact I just sent another box to Nairobi, Kenya, to some members that are there on our page. And they are handing them out in Nairobi. And that is the first time that anyone has ever been approached about suicide prevention and awareness in that country as far as I know because they will not talk about it. They are afraid to talk about it They won't talk about it. One of our members sent a picture in and put it on our page, a fella wearing a bracelet, and this member said that he now has to be wearing a bracelet all of the time because he and his family were in the United States, and they were deported, and they were extremely distraught about being deported. And when she received these bracelets from the United States, regarding suicide prevention and gave him some, he will not take it off. He said he feels very much safe now wearing the bracelet. If he doesn't have it, he does not feel safe. And that's just one story that is so impactful knowing that this tiny, tiny tool, inexpensive, can save lives and make a difference. I have sent them to Australia and the UK and London, and there's hundreds of countries that I've sent them to, as well as all over the United States. I have mothers that will message me and tell me that their children will not even go to bed without their bracelet because they feel safe with their bracelet. If their children are bullied, they wear the bracelet. There are people that ask for boxes of bracelets so they can hand them out wherever they travel and wherever they go. So the bracelets are very, very impactful. The Facebook page has caused so much conversation and safe talk. There are people that don't interact so much on it They watch it, and the reason I know this is because I will get messages from people that say, I've never posted on the page, but I watch it, and everything that happens on the page and when people talk on the page and other people reach out to other people, it helps them so much by just being there and reading it and understanding that they're not alone. I want to say that there is nothing new under the sun. Whatever people have going on in their lives, there is someone on our page that is surviving that very thing and can reach out to them and relate to them. And one of our mottos is talk Save lives. And that is what we encourage at all times is talking with no judgments at all. We also, Billy, let me go into some other things other than the Facebook page. We host in-person support groups, grief support groups in our town. We have Zoom meetings on, on social media. We have school QPR teachings as well as QPR is question, persuade, and refer, which is a suicide awareness and prevention training, so to speak. So I travel around and do that. I do that for our state government offices, for churches, for schools, or anybody that wants it. I do all of this absolutely. I, I don't want to use the, use the word free, but I do not charge anything for it because my thought is you cannot put a price on a life.
1: That's very, very, very well said. And the fact that you can help people in a wide variety of ways through one outlet, J.R.'s Hunt for Life, I mean, just truly, truly unbelievable. And I know that you are such a present individual. You're always focused on how can I be better today today? How can I make everyone around me better today? How can I make people smile? How can I save lives? How can I do everything I need to do so we can all live our best life right here in this point in time? But aside from being present, of course, you have to look towards the future, planning for what's ahead, what you want to happen, some expectations maybe here and there. So when you think about JR's Hunt for Life and its future, I know its entire history has been nothing but truly remarkable. But when you look at the next year, two years, three years, maybe even shorter term, the next few months, whatever you want to look at in terms of breaking it down, what do you see for the future of JR's Hunt for Life? What kind of growth do you want? How about on social media, in person, in the community, in the state? What do you want to see from the community that you've built and how you can continuously make it grow, this fantastic platform, JR's Hunt for Life?
2: That is a good question. I think in my heart, my absolute main goal is to save lives. How can I save lives? And one of the major things that we as a human race need to overcome is no stigmas. So my goal for any moment of any day is to work on breaking that stigma. And how am I going to do that? I am going to put myself out there. I am going to use the words suicide. I am not going to be afraid to say it. I'm not going to be afraid to bring it up. I used to not want to say the word at all. And I think most people are like that. They want to stay away from it. They think it'll get on them. It'll whatever they're thinking. I know they're not much far from what I was thinking. I I did not want to hear it. I didn't want to talk about it, etc. But We have to talk about it. We have to be bold. We have to cause a conversation. We have to start the conversation or we have to listen. We have to listen to people and be present for them. And so I think that reducing the stigma is going to, I can see it on our page. On our page, we have no stigma. How did that happen? It happened because it's a safe place. It's a safe community where everyone admits that no one is perfect, that we are all there to support each other with no judgments, no matter what is happening in someone's life. There's someone else that it's happened to or happening at that time. And we can all help each other. It's not... Just me, it's not just you. It's a group coming together that create that safe place with no judgments and hope. Hope, Billy, is the enemy of suicide. Just like talk is an enemy of suicide. Suicide has enemies, and we can use those tools to cause the stigma to be broken and to cause hope to flourish in our communities.
1: Jenny, it's so well said, and I know you're gonna do whatever it takes to continuously make this flourish, to make the people around you feel grateful to have you and everyone in their life. And in general, people are gonna be grateful to be alive through all the stories that you're sharing, your story, of course, specifically, Whatever it might be, before we wrap things up here on Episode 5, I kind of want to give you the floor one more time. If there's anything else about the organization, about your Facebook platform that you want to get out there to leave here on the record, what else can you tell me? Is there anything else you want to add, any final words, anything we've missed? We need it all laid out right here. So, Jenny,
2: Take it away.
1: What's (laughs) here?
2: I appreciate that, Billy. Well, after I started the Facebook page, I had one of JR's schoolmates approach me, message me, and ask me if I had thought about becoming a nonprofit. I have no idea what a nonprofit is. I'm just a goober from Wyoming that's working and doing what we do and hunting and being outside. I have no idea about any of this. And I asked her, what is a nonprofit? How do you do it? How would I even start? It sounded complicated to me. And the last thing I needed was more complications. I I did not need more on my plate at all. However, I do know that I loved helping people. I do know that we were paying out of our pockets for all of these thousands of bracelets, which we gladly did. If we can save one life, we gladly did that. However, she explained to me the workings of a nonprofit and how much further I could get with a nonprofit as far as other organizations and partnering and things like that, which I had never heard of. Well, she got with another person that she knew this fella that was a designer and things like that. And I thought, well, I really can't afford all of this. I'm not really going to pay much attention to this. And this fella contacted me, and he lives in Florida. And he is a designer and all kinds of things, technical things. What a great guy. He talked to me at length about what we do, what I wanted to do, what was my goal, And he wanted to see pictures of Jr. and he wanted to learn about him more than just looking at the pictures. So we talked quite a few times, and then he told me he would design our nonprofit for us, make a Facebook page, make a web page at no charge, at no charge. And I'm telling you, Billy, this, everything that we have done with Jr.'s Hunt for Life has fallen into place. I... I know it was an inspiration from my creator. I absolutely know that. So he built those pages for us. He still helps with the upkeep on them. He has built the platform for JR's photography page, which is still online with some of his photos that we sell. He is a wonderful, wonderful person, not just because he did that, but He was connected to me because of some things in his life also. And I'm finding that people want to work together to get the word out and show no judgments and make this a better place and shed some hope on people. Because if you're a human being, Billy, you could be at risk at any moment. Where there is humanity there is a suicide risk. And that—that that is just sadly the truth. So we did become a nonprofit. That was maybe four years ago. It's just me, <laughs> my family, and some board members. There's no paid employees. There's nothing like that. We just carry the certification of being a nonprofit so that people can donate to us. And know that their money is safe, and it is used only to save lives.
1: Jenny, I want to leave you with a quote from Howard Thurman. I love this quote a lot. And I'll tell you why after I read it. The quote is, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive. And then go do that. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. And the reason why I love that quote so much is you're doing what the world needs. And you're also doing what makes you come alive. So you're really killing two birds with one stone here. And in terms of Suicide prevention, living a happy life. I also love this quote immensely because you can live your best life. You can have all that you want if you really take a step back and focus on what makes you come alive. What do you love to do? My grandfather, Ernie Anastas, he was the number one news anchor in New York City his entire career about 40, 50 years in the television business. He's an icon. He's a legend. New York City is his city. And he's my top role model. And, Jenny, he always used to tell me, do what you enjoy doing the most because that's the avenue to your success. So through you doing what you love the most, you're succeeding. And you're going to help everybody else succeed because they're going to hear these messages, they're going to hear this conversation, and maybe, just maybe, they put themselves in position to fully love their life by doing what they love to do, loving on the right people, quite like you and I practice and preach every single day. What do you think about that, Jenny?
2: I love that quote. I have never heard it And that reminded me of the first time those kids in the gas station saw the tattoo on my hand and started talking to me as a safe person. My heart jumped and it came alive. It truly came alive. That is a wonderful quote. And at that moment, I knew exactly what I was meant to do with our son's loss. Exactly. And so next, our next podcast, Billy. We're going to talk about something that I discovered on my journey, and it's called the happiness trifecta.
1: The happiness trifecta. Oh, boy. I don't want any clues. I want to be totally surprised on this one. <laughs> I love a surprise, especially when it comes in threes. Let's do it. Jenny will get into episode six in the future, For right now, we will send everybody on their way. Guys, gals, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Jenny, thank you as always for being an inspiration and a true woman of impact. It is my privilege to be on the other line and help you tell your tale. You did a fantastic job yet again. Let's keep doing
2: our thing. How about it? Let's do it. I appreciate you, Billy. Have a great, great week. I shall. You do the same.
0: We'll see everyone in a couple of weeks. You've been listening to JR's Hunt for Life Suicide Prevention Podcast, Safe Talk, with Jenny Hunter and Billy Floyd, where there are no judgments and talk saves lives. Jenny Hunter is the founder of JR's Hunt for Life suicide prevention nonprofit movement offering hope and support globally. I'm Billy Floyd. I'm a podcast host, a media broadcaster, and most importantly, a positive influencer. Sounds of Soul Music is courtesy of Fearless Motivation. Find out more about JR's Hunt for Life at jrshuntforlife.org. If someone in your life is feeling suicidal, it's important to take immediate action. Here are some steps you can take to help. Number one, stay calm and listen. It's important to approach the situation with a calm demeanor. Listen to their concerns and validate their feelings. No judgments. Let them know you're there to help and support them. Number two, take it seriously. It's crucial to take any suicidal thoughts or feelings seriously. Don't downplay or dismiss their concerns. And don't promise confidentiality if you feel the person is in immediate danger. Number three, seek professional help. Encourage the person to seek help from a mental health professional like a therapist or a counselor offer to help them make an appointment and offer to accompany them to their first session. Be sure to follow through. Number four, call emergency services. If the person is in immediate danger, call 911. If it's safe for you, stay with the person until professionals are with them and continue to offer support. Number five, remove potential means. If you know the person has access to firearms, medications, or other potentially lethal objects, try to remove them from the person's immediate environment as long as it's safe for you to do so. If it is not safe for you to remove potential means, advise emergency services of the situation. Remember, Suicidal thoughts and feelings are a sign of intense emotional pain and should be taken very seriously. By offering support and taking appropriate action, you can help someone in crisis get the help they need. Another thing to know is that 988, the National Crisis Line, which used to be 1 800 Lifeline, Cannot track your location unlike 911. Therefore, they cannot directly send an ambulance to you and must make several phone calls to do so. Additionally, when you call 988, they will connect you to a regional crisis center based on the area code from which you were calling. So it's essential to know the appropriate crisis line to call based on your location and the level of crisis. If someone actually did something to try to not be alive, call 911 or take them to the ER. If they are thinking about doing something, consider calling 988 first. They can help you decide if you need to take additional steps. Action and ideas are two different things. You can learn how to tell them apart and what to do about it, as well as find more information and support around suicide prevention by joining our private Facebook group at JR's Hunt for Life, a confidential safe space where there's no judgment and talk saves lives.